This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. voice of change today we are having a very very important conversation it's not just between myself and one other guest but i'm going to be having a conversation with three phenomenal women who are coming to share their experiences today and who are going to be taking us into the narrative of life as a foreigner in south africa and so it is going to be a very important conversation i want you just to sit on back and to be with me for the next hour as we have this conversation and we have it because we as christians need to also think about how we feel about foreigners in South Africa, the foreigners that we met, the ones we know, the ones we care about, the ones we love, and also maybe the ones that we've had bad encounters with because this has happened and this is human life. We have bad encounters with our fellow South Africans. So, you know, it can be that we have had certain kind of experiences and that has caused us to be perhaps biased or anti-foreigners and maybe we carry some of that inside of us and it's something that we have to reflect on. So today on the show, I'm joined by Pastor V as well as Sister Mary, as well as Pastor Tolu George. And she is also the coordinator of the Migrant Women's Group, which is going to be all about seeking solutions, finding solutions to help females, migrants who are in the country and just really helping them to do the right thing while they are here and to understand how to live life as foreigners in a country that is different but also how to live effectively and how to live well and so without further ado i want to get into the show because there's so much we're going to be talking about here on voice of change and it's myself lauren jacobs it's radio k pulpit and i hope that you'll continue to be with us because this is a very very important conversation and one we see coming up in the media a lot as well we're going to touch on that so enjoy some music and uh, my beautiful ladies my wonderful guests are with me after this it is so good to be here here today on Voice of Change with four incredible women who each have a story and are each going to be sharing their story and also we're going to be interacting about living in South Africa as a migrant, living in South Africa as someone who comes from outside of the country but who has made South Africa their home and the truth of the matter is we know that here in South Africa it is a very very difficult situation to live as a foreigner but yet you know South Africans also tend to forget that we live as foreigners in many many different countries and you might even be listening to me today from somewhere else from the UK or Canada or America wherever you may be we also know that we live as foreigners in in different countries around the world And, and so we can understand that and we can think about that but also we need to think about how it is when we live in South Africa and we have people who live among us who are from other countries and who experience xenophobia, xenophobic, you know, feelings or violence even, or just sentiment around our country. We have seen recently videos of, you know, different people interacting on this conversation. And also we know that one of the MCs up, you know, up North were just speaking about this very thing and, just sparked a lot of controversy over social media and we need to have this conversation. And so I'm joined by Mary, Pastor V, as well as Pastor Tolu. Ladies, it is so good to have you with me today. I want to say a very warm welcome and I'm really looking forward to sharing this time as well as this space, but also as well as this very important conversation with you. Also, welcome to the show today. Good evening, everyone. Thanks for having me. It's Pastor V here. Thank you. 
Hi, Pastor V. Lovely to have you all here. Okay, so I want to start off with, you know, Mary, I want to ask you today. I know that you have your own unique story. And also, like when we talk about something like this, we know that it is a very, very big topic. You've been in South Africa for many, many years and you are, you know, involved in the community, involved in doing so many things. You are a passionate Christian as well. So tell us a bit about your journey, a little bit about your story and what you've really experienced as someone who is a foreigner who's made South Africa their home, who's contributing to society, and also just the experiences that you have. We always talk about, you know, it's hard living as a foreigner in a different country. And I'm sure that that's something that you've experienced as well. Definitely. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. My name is Miri. I'm a Nigerian who lived in South Africa for over 19 years. And one of the things that really bothered me when it comes to living in South Africa, it's the document. Mm. Um, Not only am I going through it, my children have gone through it, which they were practically born in South Africa. And um, they're there was a time that I had to like take my children to a private school that I could not afford because of documentation. Mm. Um, And after a while, I couldn't afford the fees. I have to take them out. And I struggled to get into government school to register my children to start school for quite a long time. And this is really, um, I can say is very frustrating hmm. because um, the the children born in South Africa are not supposed to be um, uh, w- w- without the permits because practically they were born here, hmm. but not so with with us the immigrants. So um, this is, is very uh, it's a topic that is very dear to me. Um, and I always seek for solution. Mm-hmm. How are we going to go about this to get it fixed for our children in order to go to school? Mm-hmm. Um, I can give you one example. My child has been um, in, I, I took her to school, to a particular school of which I'm not going to mention name right now. Mm-hmm. And she has been on waiting list since when she was seven. And now she's 11. Hmm. The school have never called back because there's no um, uh, um, document for her to go to school. So in this situation that we found ourselves, it's it's very critical Hmm. for the children born here of though the parents are immigrants. Hmm. So this topic is very dear to my heart and it's something that I would really love that we address and find our mouth. A stable ground. Mm. How are we going to sort this out? What become of our children without education mm. or without a proper um, uh, document? Thank mm. you very much. Mm, thank you so much for sharing that as well. And I can definitely hear from my side that this is close to your heart and it is something that we need to talk about. And sometimes 
we hear about people's experiences, but when we really hear their story and hear how it has affected them, it's when it becomes real. And I want to say thank you yes. so much for what you have been saying. And towards the end of the show, I think we need to touch on, like you mentioned, a very important word, the solutions. You know, how do yes. we go about doing this? And we definitely want to touch on that. And I really want to touch on that. Mary, thank you so much. Pastor V, I want to ask you to come in here as well. And I know that you have been given permission today to share a story with us and to, you know, share someone else's story. It might not be your own, but you can share it with us today. And we want to open up that space for us to, to yeah, because this is what it's about. It's also about hearing people's stories so that it becomes, you know, real to us. So Pastor V, you know, there is there is a story that you can share, and I'd love to ask you to do that with us. Yes, good evening. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Um, the story that I want to share is the story of um, one of um, our member. Mm-hmm. She's from Zimbabwe, and then um, she had experienced a very uh, traumatic situation because she... She suffers from anemia. Mm-hmm. It's been quite a few years that she's going through that. But uh, recently in February, she went to one of the biggest hospitals here. And then because that's where she always attends. Mm. So normally they, when she run out of blood, they normally give her one, one pound or something like that. Mm-hmm. But this time she needed more. And then... Um, the doctor came to do the round and then with the student, they all stood there and said, oh, look at this foreigners, um, a young lady. Mm. Uh, she, um, instead of us giving her blood that we don't have, South African are struggling, first of all, to have blood. Our reserve of blood is very little, but this foreign camera and then they they're finishing our blood so they're all discussing around a bed and then the, the the general doctor say that i think the best idea for you um my dear young woman it will be to remove your womb hmm. she's a young girl she does not have any kids and then um but them suggesting that she should remove a womb, it means that she will never ever have a chance of having kids. Mm. So she felt so, so bad, humiliated, mm. and, and all of this in front of all these young boys and men that she doesn't even know. So as we speak now, she's even scared to go back to the hospital because if they book her for, for any operation, they can just maybe remove a womb. So, yeah, that is the story of my dear friend mm. and member. Thank you. Mm. And Pastor V, how did, how, do you, how did you feel when you heard this? You know, did you feel sad? Did you feel there's a mixture of emotions I'm sure that you experienced? Well, I mean, it's, it's unhuman. It's unhuman. No matter what, which race you are, which color, which what, we are human. You mm. can't decide on somebody's future because uh, she's on another lane. So it mm. was, it's really, I just say that, why didn't you record them? Why didn't you report it? And then she said she couldn't even move. She was just shaking. And mm. up to now, she, she never went back. 
Mm. And she just, I don't know, it's maybe by the grace of God that she's still living like that, but she needs treatment, she needs um, a special attention, but she can't, she can't afford to go back there. Mm. So mm. now she, she's just considering maybe organizing some money, going to the private hospital. That could be maybe um, a solution to a problem. But I really, I, I couldn't imagine that a normal human being can do such or say things like that. Mm. Yeah. Mm, definitely and thank you so much for sharing her story and and we know that you you can't share that story with us today and i want to say thank you for sharing that story because we, we need to hear the this is this is truth that you're sharing with us today and sister tolu i want to bring you in here because we need to talk about as well and touch on i think what's really really important is solutions and i know that you are at the moment very involved with trying to find solutions and of course it is very, very important that we are now saying, where do we go from here? How do we understand this? And obviously being the coordinator for Migrant Women's Group and to help women who have come into the country and who are living here and who are experiencing things that are very, very difficult for us to hear. But also we sit with with our hearts kind of in our hands and we say, what does this look like moving forward? So Tolu, how do we address this? What is the what do we begin to understand, both as South Africans and then also people living in South Africa? Okay, thank you so much, Lauren, for having me on this show. It's always such a pleasure to chat with you. And um, recently I was appointed as the coordinator of a migrant women's group called Tusimami Wanawake, mm-hmm. which means Stand Up Women. Now, what happened was we discovered that it doesn't matter what country you're from, Rwanda, Burundi, Nigeria, Senegal, wherever you're from, we all face the same peculiar set of challenges here. And um, many times the women who come in here didn't even come in here on their own. They came in here because they were married to someone. So sometimes they don't even have the ability to access the proper information. They don't have the proper ability to develop skills and to function properly. So what we did was, you know, we came up with this project called the Tusimami Wanawake Project, in which we are calling on migrant women from all the countries of Africa, living in South Africa, to, you know, try and lobby, to try and find out that, look, there are peculiar problems that we face, to try and see how we can work with government, how we can work with South African stakeholders so that we are not a burden, so that we are not seen as the villains in this story. Hmm. So one of the things I'll give you, I'll give you some ideas of some of the things with the issue of documentation. Children who are born here are not given a birth certificate if the parents are not, I think there's there's some uh, peculiarity to it that when the mother is here and maybe the mother is somehow illegal, but she was able to give birth to a child. Mm -hmm. The child doesn't really get a birth certificate. Now, what happens is when that child starts to go into um, primary school, then he can't get into school because he doesn't have a birth certificate. Mm. When when he's getting ready to write his matric, he can't still get a birth certificate. When the mother wants to leave South Africa, she can't take that child out because of the government regulations. Mm. And I understand that there's a lot of peculiarities, you know, surrounding human trafficking, child trafficking, 
and so many things. But what we're trying to do is to gather together as one voice so that we can find proper solutions as a group, not just for one individual case. Mm-hmm. As a group, how can we lobby government organizations? How can we lo- lobby government departments, the education departments, the health departments, to see that, to find to find out how to live in South Africa without being a burden or being seen as a villain. Mm-hmm. And also to let people realize that not all foreigners are bad for the country. Some of us actually make an active contribution to building the society that we live in. And some of us have lived here for so long. We, there's really nowhere to go back to. Our children don't really know home the way, you know, that if you say, okay, everybody go back. It's all nice to say that, but some people mm. have built everything they have here. Mm-hmm. And you can't just imagine them to drop everything to go back to nothing because mm-hmm. they thought they would be here for a long time. So we're trying to do that, to talk together, to give amplification to our voices so that people know how you know to navigate living in South Africa without creating a bigger problem for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and it's so important what you mentioned as well. When you build your life in a place, uh, this is very true. And I think it, it relates to so many people around the world that have established themselves in different countries. You build mm-hmm. a life for yourself. You know, you've maybe been there for a very long time, it's not a case of just leave, you know, just go back to wherever maybe your grandmother came from or where your mother came from. That's not, that's not always this. That's not really the solution. That is not really how, how it really works. And I think that that's important that you mentioned that as well. And, and we're going to continue to touch on this and also talk about solutions, but also really get into, uh, you know, discussing this a bit deeper. We're going to take a really quick music break, but we don't want you to go anywhere because we are still going to be together after this. And we're going to be touching a little bit deeper on this conversation. I think it's a needed one, a necessary one. So don't go anywhere and see you after the break. Now with me, Lauren Jacobs here on Voice of Change today. Welcome to the show. If you just joined us, we are talking about living as a foreigner in South Africa and also some of the experiences that the women who are with me here today have had and also looking at some of the solutions now tolu as we went to the song we were talking about you know establishing your life in a place and also being there and having you know built up your home your community your involvement in different things a business possibly contributing to society your children going to school possibly being born in the country you really are rooted in a in a country and and are being part of that one of the things that's come out recently and i'd love to hear your perspective on this is you know that and and we've seen it even from you know government officials people who work for the government maybe people in parliament there's this kind of conversation and rhetoric that's happening of them saying there are so many foreigners in South Africa, many people that are illegal, but yet are demanding certain rights and privileges that shouldn't be because they're not legal in the country or they're not really a citizen of the country. And this is a conversation that a lot of people are having, but they also use it as, as this kind of thing of going, well, I don't need to help you. or I don't need to see to you. I don't need to serve you at a hospital at a home affairs, for example, because you're not really legal here or you don't really contribute. You know, how do you see this and, and how do we really approach this conversation, which there is some merit in that because we are seeing this, 
And, and yet, how do we deal with this? Especially when we say we are Christians, we also want to, you know, be Christ-like people. How do we really begin to understand that? You see, thank you very much, Lauren, for, for that angle. Because one of the things that I told people was, look, we live as, we're like visitors. We have to be careful about how we make our demands. Mm -hmm. You understand? You can't come into my house and tell me what you want to do in my house. We mm -hmm. all have to abide by the laws of the land and live by the laws of the land. So what we have done in Tusimamu, we're setting up commissions in which we're telling people, get legal. Some people don't even know how to get legal mm -hmm. because they don't have the right information. And it's very easy to become illegal in South Africa. And you see, the problem is when you become illegal, then you can't access your bank account. Your bank account is closed and whatever money you've got there is finished. Hmm. Then you can't really rent a house. So the onus is on us to get legal. But sometimes because of a few lapses in the system, it's very, very easy to become illegal. And it, the process of legalizing yourself is something that many people do not understand. Yeah. So one of the things that we have done is we've said that, look, fine, people are illegal. We have to educate our own people how to become legal citizens or legal inhabitants of South Africa. We owe it to South Africa to be legal. You understand? But we mm -hmm. also ask that South Africa should, the, the home affairs, for example, should please help us to be, because when you go, someone doesn't want to attend to you, someone doesn't give you the right information, then you start to, someone says, oh, there's a, an agent somewhere who can tell you. Don't worry, he'll help you sort everything out. And this poor vulnerable person who has, you know, who is intimidated, in short, by everything, now hands over their documentation to someone. And many people pay a huge amount. In fact, just today, someone told me about her son who paid an agent, mm -hmm. in quote, 25,000 rands, mm -hmm. 25,000 mm -hmm. rands, Lauren. Yeah. And they got a fake document. Okay. So it, yeah. So it's not like people are sitting down yeah. wanting to be illegal. They are intimidated. They have the wrong information. Mm -hmm. And they get involved with, in trying to find a solution, they get involved with the wrong people. So that's why we are trying to set up that for women who many times, you know, we come from a patriarchal background. Mm -hmm. We don't know what's happening. We hand, give all our business to the men in the house to handle. Mm -hmm. Some of them, are some of the men are lackadaisical. Some of the men, when they have a problem with their wife, then they make her illegal intentionally. They don't renew her mm -hmm. documentation for her. Mm -hmm. So that happens as well. So we have to find out how does a woman, we have to teach a woman who comes from, from, from Rwanda, from Burundi, how to get herself legal. We have to do that from the ground, uh, you know, from the ground mm. roots mm. all the way up. Mm. And part of that is we're going to be having town halls. We're going to be talking to people, stakeholders. Come and address us. Tell us what do we need to do. Okay, give us some time to get our ducks in the row mm. so that we can be proper inhabitants in mm. South Africa. Mm. without being a nuisance. And many people are not even necessarily looking for a job. Some of them want the, uh, uh, to be able to operate a little business where they make enough to buy some food for their families. 
Yeah. One of the problems that has happened in the migrant community is that we now have to, the people who have little shops in all the little townships now have to pay protection money to several groups of people. Mm. And if they don't pay these protection monies to maybe two or three or four or five groups, they get shot and killed. Yeah, It's happening. It is. So it, it's, it's such a big conversation that we have to mm. um, address. Yeah. Definitely. And I wanted, I wanted to add something that Pastor V said earlier on, you know, this isn't about race or color or where you're from. Mm -hmm. I know somebody that I go to see, uh, you know, as they have a, a really big business and they help me out. Yeah. And I know that this individual, he is from Europe and is married for a very, very long time to a South African. And he has been in this country for eight years and still hasn't even, he's married. He's been married for 12 years he can't get documentation the home affairs it's back and forth he can't leave the country you know a family member yeah. of his passed away during covid he couldn't leave the you know to go and and be at that funeral because he couldn't come back in because and every time yeah. i see him i go how's it going you know and he will say they still haven't given me my documentation i'm still applying i'm still waiting i'm still paying a lawyer i'm still paying this agent i'm still paying these people it's not about it's not about color or where the person comes from you know or this person actually that i know has a huge business and is contributing so much to the cape town economy and is also married happy has a home everything and yet Yes. This is the situation at the end. I think it's important to say that. And Mary, I want to bring Mary in here because Mary, you mentioned as well that this is very, very close to your heart. And it's something that, you know, you are talking also here about solutions. Mary, what would you like to see some of the solutions that, that you know, we can just take on board and really reflect on and maybe think about? Uh, thank you once again. Um, I think the solution here should be as uh, Mrs. George said, we are actually doing things. We are out there looking for a way to make ourselves, to, to be able to live in South Africa in an appropriate way. Hmm. So, but when you arrived at OmaFest, it happens to me. I went to OmaFest with my papers. I had interview and... Um, I was told to lie, but I choose to say the truth. Mm -hmm. And my papers was taken from me out of the blue. How do I go out and make and become uh, uh, and make a new paper for myself? How do I do that without the old one? Because without the old one, you cannot, ex you cannot renew to the new one. So when, when things like that happen, you force we, the immigrants, to um, go to agents. Mm. I've been to agents as well. I've paid thousands of rands to agents and they gave me fake documents. Mm. So all this thing is happening. How do we come out of it? I suggest that the government should look into it. The government should call the, the immigrants. How did you come in? I came in in A and B, okay? You have this, you have that. What needs to be done? We're going to extend for you or we're going to renew for you and then you can start from there. Because if they get to know that most of us did not jump the border in, mm. we actually came in properly. Yeah. You know, 
as they, they might want to help. And as Mrs. G rightfully said, we are, most of us are not here for a job. I've been here for 19 years. I've never earned any income from South Africa. All the income that I earn, I made it happen. Mm -hmm. I am currently employing five South Africans working under me. Mm. So I came to contribute to the country, not to take away. Mm. Mm. So if, if, yes, if that evil opportunity should be given to immigrants, there's a lot we had in mind to do or to bring to the country, to, to, to better the country. Mm. And Mrs. J. rightfully said, most of us have a life here. I've been here for 19 years. I don't know home. Yeah. So mm. if you said pack and go, where do I really go? Mm. Mm. I have my six children in this land, buried some in this land. So it means so much to me that I get myself sorted out in the mm. land and live properly, of which we want to do. But we are forced because no one is going to listen to your story. No one is going to renew the paper for you. And then at the end of the day, you're tired of going to Oma Fest. You're tired of um, the fear of uh, the xenophobia. What's going to happen? We're going to meet. So mm. I think the government should rather listen to us and find a solution out mm -hmm. to mm. help us, especially those that have... Um, lifestyle already in South Africa. Yeah. Because if talking about taking jobs, I don't think foreigners came to take jobs. I think rather we came to look for a better life and how do we do that? We create that life for ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know. So yeah. yes, I think I our that. voice needs to be heard and then help need to come through for us. Mm -hmm. If you if you at all if some if the paper of the permit been given or renewed, and then you, the foreigner, do not take care of it, then that is your, the law should take its step on you, but mm -hmm. not just to take it by force from you, and then and, um, on, 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 on undocumented foreigner. It's very unfair. Hmm. Thank you so much, yeah. Mary. Thank you so much for sharing that as well. I want to say thank you because it's so important what you just shared. And, you know, our time is up. We literally have just a short space of time left. But I want to ask Pastor V for a final word from you, a very short final word from your side. I know that you got to share earlier on and there's so much to unpack within this conversation. It's such a big conversation. But Pastor V, final word for, from you as we wrap up quickly. Yes, Lawrence. Um, yeah, it's so sad. We have shared deep things that's come from inside. But one final thing that I want to share with us, it's let us have love, mm. the love that Jesus gave us. Because if we have love, we cannot treat the next person the way we're treating them. If we can put yourself in that person's shoes, in that person's position, if we have love, really, I know maybe be people behaving the way they behave because of maybe what happened in the past. Mm. But I think it's time to move on and forget the past and just sharing love. The more we share in love, I think things will start changing. Mm. Let us spread love. Let us spread humanity because we are human. If things start going the way it's going because we are removing that humanity that God gave us. Mm. 
So I believe that we can go back to it. And I know it's possible if only we start loving each other. Mm. Yeah. Mm, I love yeah. that. Amen and amen. And I want to say thank you so much to each of you for being with me today and for sharing your stories. It's been such a powerful time. And I think a lot that we can reflect on and take away with us. So Mary, Pastor V, Sister G, as Mary likes to say, this <laughs> is G. I want to say thank you so much to, to the three of you for being here today. It's been so great. And again, my prayer is that you know, everyone who is listening will take something away from this conversation that they can reflect on. And when we have these kind of conversations, you know, it's, it's important for us and especially those who are listening to go, actually, how does this conversation make me feel? How does it make me feel? Am I sitting with something in my heart that shouldn't be there? Is the words of Pastor V going to ring out in my heart to say, how do we overcome and do this with love? Are the words of Mary to seek solutions and to understand people have differences and there are, you know, maybe a different mindset that we can have. Is those words going to touch our hearts? And like Sister Tolu said, we can find solutions and also come teach people how they can make a difference, how things can be different. And so, ladies, thank you so much for being with me today. God bless each of you. And it's just been such a great time. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Lauren, for having us. God bless you, Lauren. Thank you. Thank God you, Lauren, bless. for loving us. God bless. Thank you. God bless you, Lauren. Thank you for all the listeners. God bless you. Thank you so much, ladies, and take care. Bye. I know that this evening's conversation with my three amazing guests have given us all a lot to think about. And of course, we know it's part of a greater conversation. We know that there are many, many different realities that we all face and many things that we can say. But what I do want to say about this conversation is that I truly hope that we have been stirred, that we have been challenged, and that we ourselves maybe, even as we look around us and we see things that is difficult, like xenophobic violence, we can be led to a place where we can start to think what is my role in this what is my role to find solutions what is the role of my faith community when it comes to strangers and foreigners among us like it says in the bible what is my role in you know creating safe spaces and trying to help people what is my role of course we know as well we have a role to you know hold people accountable hold ourselves accountable to deal with people in a way that is you know full of dignity and care and sense for their own humanity regardless of what is happening this is as i said part of a bigger conversation and today i hope that we have just began to touch the surface of that conversation you know i really hope that what we spoke about today and the stories that we heard really stir us to begin to think deeper and maybe reflect on topics that we don't often think about because these are not just topics these are realities these are people's lived experiences that they have lived in the past are living in the present and will live out in the future as well and so again i just want to say that uh, pastor tolu is of course making herself available to anyone any female migrant who is looking for help who needs help needs to get registered needs documentation needs just to find out how to go about doing things in the correct manner in the correct way so i want to give out pastor tolu's 
phone number in case there's anyone listening right now that needs to get in touch and that's a migrant that's saying I just need some direction or I need someone who understands my situation you can give her a call on 081-381-6212 and of course because she is the coordinator of the female migrant group get in touch and like she said they're going to have speakers they're going to have presentations they're going to have people who come on over and who say we're going to help we're going to assist and we're going to help you deal with things i know that just this week there was information that came out and was released by home affairs speaking about migrants and what is going to be happening especially to migrant pastors and how there's going to be a clamping down of migrants who can come into the country and do religious work and again that is very much a conversation that is there because South Africans have expressed concern about foreign pastors ones that have committed atrocities like rape and human trafficking but again just because perhaps there have been a few that have done that does not mean that everybody is doing that so again that's also part of the bigger conversation but South Africans are also expressing concern about people who come into the country who and who really are doing God's work and who are now not going to be able to do that so let us continue to pray about these matters and commit them to God and you know ask him to help lead us in all of our ways and with everybody that is trying to serve him faithfully and so until next week it's been so good to be with you I must say next week I'm really excited about because it is going to be a kickoff for October and October is gender-based violence awareness month so I'm going to enjoy enjoying and joined by an incredible incredible person Natalie Collins who is a gender justice specialist and although she lives out in the UK she's been South Africa before to do a lot of training for some of our specialist gender-based violence facilities and organizations so she's so incredible I cannot wait to kick October off with you because it's going to be such a great time to have an important conversation the one we have all the time gender-based violence but this time we're going to really be getting deep and really equipping you next week on the show so until then take care and God bless this insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. please visit kpulpit.co.za